You are now tuned in to Real to Real Radio, where it don't get no realer than this, on In Life Now, with your host, Ms. Tamara C. Gooch. Now on to the show. Good evening, good evening, So happy to be with you all this evening. Um, super excited because of the guests that I have coming on with me tonight. So um, I hope you all have, you know, your pens, your pads, listening in by phone or online. Because of the conversation that we're going to have tonight, I had to bring the person on who I felt can really tackle this topic. Um, the person bringing on tonight is none other than my husband, Will Gooch. And the topic of discussion tonight is Blacks in Engineering. Now, before we get into all of what he does and Yay! is, as you all see, the, the mommy, the CEO mama, at, at, at her best, got the little one running around in her office. But let me give you all a little bit of a background about Wilfred. Wilfred W. Gucci, he's a speaker, facilitator, and educator who currently holds a position as engineering manager with one of the most reputable um, companies in Michigan. Wilfred is also founder and CEO of CAD Engineering Tech Consulting, where he worked as a contract engineer designing cabinets for the medical industry. Wilfred also holds a bachelor's degree in design engineering and a master's in business administration. Wilfred has over 24 years' experience working as a product design engineer where he specialized in the areas of designing pumps for their commercial industry and military marine division, where his work is now on U.S. Navy vessels. Wilfred has also traveled to China, Russia, studying manufacturing engineering. He is a devoted husband and father of three, well, four now, and a man of God. Will you all give me a hearty Real to Real Blog Talk radio welcome for Mr. Wilfred Gooch. So um, the, I had to let everybody know that. I know they were looking at the name saying, okay, Gooch. Are they some relation? Um, so how are you doing tonight, Mr. Goose? I guess I'm doing pretty well. Okay, okay. Well, that's awesome. Um, can you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about you outside of what it is that you're known for? Um, well, let's see. Um, as you mentioned, I love to design and love to engineer. Um, I love spending time with my family. Uh, we have uh, four kids. Actually, we have uh, three and another one that uh, just uh, adopted herself to us, but I call her my daughter. And uh, uh, like I said, I enjoy family. I enjoy reading a lot. Um, always looking for new things when it comes to manufacturing and, and looking at how um, we as, as uh, black people, the opportunities that are out there, in the uh, manufacturing field, and in the hard sciences. Um, and I can get into a little bit more of that later on. 
Um, I just I enjoy uh, just a lot of things. I enjoy reading. I enjoy um, uh, studying about the grace of Jesus Christ, and uh, there's just there's just a whole bunch that I enjoy. I enjoy life. I love to laugh. Uh, as you well know, I love to joke. Uh, I tell engineer jokes at times. Yes, but. Um, I just I just love the world of uh, manufacturing and engineering, and I, I I would like to see more African Americans in that field. And, and like I said, we'll go more into it uh, as we go along. Okay, and and that's good. Um, now share with us uh, before I get into that. Let me just let the the audience know if you have a question or a comment for myself, um, your lovely host for this evening or for Mr. Gooch, you can press 1. Press 1 to let us know, or if you are in the chat room, you can go ahead and type in your question in the chat room, and we'll get that and um, ask him the question, okay? So just to let you all know that. Now, what what is your life's purpose, and why are you so passionate about it through what it is that you do today? What is my life purpose? Well, I, I mean, you know, um, let me go back when I was younger, and I guess maybe that'll answer it. Uh, when I was uh, small, and this this is something that uh, I I think parents should, uh, when you when it comes to what your kids want to do, listen to what they're saying because sometimes they don't know what they're talking about, but they know what they mean. When I was coming up, uh, I saw a picture on TV, a picture of a commercial of two guys in a lab coat. And a clipboard, mm. and they're around a car that was racing around the track. <clears throat> and so, I remember a uh, elementary school counselor asked, "What did I want to do?" And I said, "I wanted to work around cars." Mm-hmm. And he said, "Oh, you want to be a grease monkey?" Mm. And I said, "Does grease monkeys work around cars?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "I guess I want to be a grease monkey." And so I was going around. People were asking me, "What do you want to do for a living?" I want to be a grease monkey. Well, at the time, grease monkey meant mechanic. Mm-hmm. That's not what I was trying to say. What I saw on TV was with the guys with the lab coats and the clipboards were engineers. And because I didn't know the correct term, he said, oh, you want to be a grease monkey? And I figured what he said was correct True. still. Yeah. But that's not what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. As I got older, uh, my mom knew that I had a knack for putting things together and taking things apart. So what she would do is she would bring, like, you know, cabinets or anything that had to be put together, and she would say, here, son, put this together, and I would read the instructions and put it together. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to do things. Now, I did like working on cars. I did I pulled engines. I did stuff like that. <clears throat> but I was more interested in the designing. How did this thing come to be? How does this thing, how was it made, that type of deal? And so as I got older, I knew that I had more of a passion towards engineering and design more than anything else. And so that's how I got started, um, looking at engineering. Uh, one of the things that I saw when I was coming up is that <clears throat> when I went into engineering in eighth grade at um, Harrison Park School, that's where I really got turned on to engineering because they started out in drafting. Mm-hmm. And for those that know what drafting is, that's when you're making drawings with using straight edges, rulers, and things like that. Well, I was really good at it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but I didn't rediscover that until after I had graduated out of high school and um, decided that uh, I wanted to do this full time. And so I went to a technical school, became uh, number one in my class. But what really got me was 
when I was there, there was one other guy who was African-American. I, I mean, I love everybody, no problem. You know, I have a lot of, um, you know, friends of, of different races and stuff. But I was trying to say, okay, me and this guy, we can make it together and we can go on and become, uh, you know, draftsmen and engineers. Mm-hmm. Well, I noticed after about two weeks he didn't show up no more mm. because we started getting heavy into the math and stuff like that. Not saying that I was a genius, but I wish he had been there so that we could work together and I could help him out, help him out, and he could help me out. But I ended up, you know, uh, doing it, uh, befriended some other people, and from there, as I continued to go throughout my career, I would go to engineering conferences, uh, pump symposiums, and stuff like that, and I'd see very few African Americans mm-hmm. there, and I kind of wondered, you know, why is it? What is it that keeps us away from something like that? Because it's a needed, I mean, they're constantly looking for new talent, new engineers um, into this field, but it seems like we weren't finding it. We were going into other stuff. So what What do you feel is, before I go into another um, question, what do you feel is one of the... Um, one of the reasons why we don't see so many African Americans in engineering, and is it because of the studies? Is it because of the the what they have to study, science and, and math? Um, when I uh, one of the things that I got a pleasure to do uh, after I did uh, 24 years of engineering and design is I was able to go into uh, a community college and teach for seven years as the uh, mechanical design professor. And one of the things that I noticed was when it comes to math, it seems like um, a lot of us shun the math. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because we weren't uh, bright enough or that we weren't, um, how can I say, uh, um, that we could not accomplish the math. What I find out was is that we didn't know how to apply it and make it practical. In other words, um, I, could, I, I would do this with our kids, and I would ask my son when he was doing his math, um, if you needed 10 bottles of pop at a dollar each and you only had $2, mm-hmm. how much more pop or how much more money would you need? Well, he can put that together right away because he's looking at, you know, it's, it's a real-life situation for him, and he can put it together. In engineering, I I think if more African Americans see the practicalness of it, what is it that you're trying to solve and what formulas or tools that you need to solve it, I think it would become more and more attractive to them. And I think sometimes that's they don't get to see the big picture. Um, when I was teaching at the uh, college, there was, um, oh, man, there was uh, several <clears throat> uh, potential engineers. Uh, I, and I have to say for the ladies, um, Engineering seemed to really work well with you guys, and there was this one gal, and uh, I, I'll mention she was um, she came into class, <clears throat> she was um, what a couple uh, months pregnant, oh. as she was uh, a student, wow, African American gal, she had her baby, and she said, Professor, I need to go and you know have my baby. I'll be back in two weeks. Is it possible that I can continue on? And I was, I said, I will hold your spot because I know your potential. <clears throat> she had her baby. She came back. I mean, this 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 woman was uh, amazing. 
And when she got done, she said, you know, uh, engineering was fun, but I think I want to go into nursing. Broke mm. broke my heart. I, I oh. begged her, <clears throat> do you know how many men they would step over just to get to you? To her. And, uh, she, you know, I, I hope everything is well with her, but she was brilliant. Why? Why is that in the industry? Why do you say that they would step over many men to get to a woman? Is it because of how we think? Uh, well, and I, I hope I'm not. Um, when I was working for the government section <clears throat> at a job I used to work at, uh, there are a lot of companies that get government contracts. Mm-hmm. And I remember this guy that I was working for saying to me, uh, in order, I mean, we like to get, we were getting good contracts and things like that, but if I can get a minority, a woman that's handicapped, that was like gold. And I'm like, what are you, what are you saying? And he was just saying because they have contracts uh, for minorities and you know to get into the field, and it's not, it's nothing uh, degrading or or anything like that. It's just the government got, gave opportunities for minorities to get into the field and to you know to get into it. And so um, you know. When you look at engineering and you see women, especially women of color, in engineering, I mean that's 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 a you know that's an asset you know. Mm-hmm. Not putting down anybody else, women in general. I don't care if they're white woman or Hispanic or Asian or whatever. I mean that that those are like valuable in the engineering field. And so, um, anyways, I, I hope I didn't get lost, but no. that's that's why I mean there were I, and every. Female student that I had, I tried to convince them to go into engineering, and a couple of them did. I had an Asian um, lady right now. She uh, emailed me about a year ago saying that she's working in the engineering field. Uh, I won't mention her name or whatever, but she's doing great, and she was a she was an excellent student as well. I had I had a a, a joy uh, teaching him teaching her uh, the um, um, engineering principles and things like that. I think that that that's awesome. What you said, you said a mouthful because there's so much of the STEM um, or trying to push the STEM curriculum now in the school system, yet I think they're being hit with a lot of pushback. Why do you think that is? When you say pushback, or like, what do you mean? There, just in my research and and looking at things, not too many schools have a STEM curriculum, where their focus is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Where they're basically they have a, a portion of the school where it's just that focus, where they're getting the kids who some teachers may say, okay, they're disruptive in class, they don't learn well, or they have a learning disability. Well, it's not that they have a learning disability or they don't learn well. It's like you said, maybe they don't know how to express to that teacher or their parent, I want to be an engineer because it's it, it's not in their vocabulary. Um. One of the things that, I, as you were saying that, I remember when I was at the, the community college, um, we were having a staff meeting, and they were doing recruitment. And um, they were recruiting into the outline schools in some of the suburbs and whatnot. And I asked the question. I said, um, 
has anybody tried recruiting in the inner city? Mm. And there there was silence. Mm. And I said, I tell you what, I'll go by myself. Just, you know, um, put aside for me some days. I will go into the city and I will talk and I will present engineering to uh, these schools. Exactly. So I went in there, some of the counselors I talked to, they was like, well, we never had somebody from the college come down here in quite a long time. And there was one school that I will uh, uh, mention, um, um, there was Creston, and they had a STEM program in engineering, and they it was some good stuff. I, I like what I saw. Uh, they had, uh, you know, kids there, um, and uh, they were quite bright. Uh, one of the things I, I loved about the STEM program and some of the stuff that I saw is that they had uh, robotics, and the kids seemed to really be um, interested in the robotics part because they're able to not only design their parts but to put it together and to see what they've created work and go across the floor and do whatever function that they programmed it to do. And I think if, if more of that was put in schools, I think you would have more and more of an interest because not only are you, they're learning math and science, but they're applying it to something that they can relate to. They can look at, you know, mechanisms and machines and understand why their math formulas are working for this, you know, whatever it is that they're creating. I think that's good. Now, earlier you shared a little bit about um, some things you experienced in school. Can you share a little bit more about a personal experience that just kind of helped push you in this direction for someone who may be listening who may not know how to reach their child or for a younger person who may be listening in who may need to understand how do I – how do I explain clearly to my parents or my teacher that I want to get into this, this field? I would say uh, a couple of things. Um, listen closely to what your kids are saying. Um, you know, even now as I'm looking at my daughter, I look and see what what's interest to her. I, I know that she likes to take things apart. She likes to to play th- with things and, and and really study them and see how they work. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, when you give her the cell phone or whatever, she's watching me and then she's trying to act as you know, like what she sees me do. But you know, uh, when you get, I think parents what they could do is when you have kids that have a knack like that, start giving them things like when I was coming up, Lincoln Logs, uh-huh. uh, Tonka toys, not the trucks, but the building blocks. Legos, things that would make them think, and then not only just make them think, they'll just put it in front of them. They come with instructions or whatever and say, hey, uh, you know, uh, Jerome or whatever, build me this. Yeah, interact with them. Interact with them. Uh, If if this was uh, part A and this is part B, build me a bridge from A to B. Mm -hmm. And then start introducing them that way. And then if you can, say, you know, how many blocks does it take to 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 do this right here? Count the blocks and then try to make a formula. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be scientific, but say 10 blocks is what we need. We got 20 blocks, so 10 from 20 is what's left over. Mm-hmm. You know, make it fun for them. Yeah. You know, but, but pique their interest. And there's another thing I would like to tell parents, too. Uh, just because you have a young girl 
don't just stick a doll, a Barbie doll, and a playhouse in their hand. If they have an interest in engineering or whatever, get them wrenches, mm-hmm. get them little gear sets, whatever it is. You know, I, I tell people all the time I need to be in therapy because uh, I didn't get that chemistry set that I wanted when I was coming up in that Sears and Roebuck magazine, yeah. and I'm still in therapy. You can tell I'm still a little bitter about that. Uh, my next-door neighbor got it, and he threw the bottles around and did all kind of stuff. It just made me angry, you know. You know, Here, I've been, you know, I guess, let me stop. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little beside myself. Okay. Uh, but anyways. We're going to work I'm working on it. I'm working on it, Tammy. All right. But, no, if your little girls, don't just put them into Easy Bake Oven Land or all they're good for is just raising dolls. But if they have a knack for things, get them those things that's going to help them out in engineering. Let let them, I mean, who says that engineers have to just be men? Exactly. The women are engineers. Uh, Matter of fact, I have a book, and if, uh, you know, people want to buy it or look at it, it's called Mommy Inventors. You would be surprised uh-huh. at all the stuff that has been invented out of necessity because mothers in the home said, you know, I wish there was some gadget that I had that could make me do this better. Mm. And voila, we have all kind of stuff. Yeah. And so you never know what brilliant person that you have uh, in your little ones. And, you know, again, I would like to see more uh, African Americans get into this field. Not that I'm discluding anybody else. I like to have all people get into engineering. But I think when I go places, I don't see enough of us yeah. into manufacturing. I mean, I've gone over to countries all over, not countries, but cities in Michigan. I had to go visit places, uh, go in there, do some troubleshooting, design some things, and I barely saw us. Mm. I barely saw us. Um, there was one time I got into a place and I saw a guy, we were in the McCormick building down in Chicago, and we were having lunch, and this guy, African-American, he looked at me, I looked at him, and I thought we was going to hug each other because we were like, you know, hey, dude, I grabbed my tray, I sat down by it, we talked. Yeah. You know, like, because... It's rare. It's rare. It's very rare. And I had a good, you know, I regret, I wish I took his number down, um, you know, and still got a chance to talk with him because... Even though I'm in the engineering field, it's still good for engineers to talk to each other, especially African-American, exactly. you know, people that, that have your uh, cultural interests as well. Again, not excluding anybody, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know what I'm saying, just to, to have. To reach your people. Right. I'm trying to say, hey, how was your experience in this field? Just like, was it like mine or was it different, you know? Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. No. Um, I, I just have to chime in real quick and because I was a professor as well teaching adults and I have to say that sometimes our people don't want to be challenged. There you go. Yep. Um, and y'all know me, this is real to real blog talk, so I'm gonna say it. They don't. They don't want to be challenged. They want the easy route. Let's do what's already being done. You know, it's it funny you said that. There were some some uh, uh, African-American students that they were struggling in the class. Mm-hmm. And I went to them. I would take them outside. I said, look, um, you will not fail my class. You're going to pass this class because I'm going to help you. And I, I did this with everybody. I don't care black, white, or whatever. Right. But especially those that were struggling that were African-American. Do you love to do this? Yes, I do. You will pass this class because I'm going to help you. I didn't make it easy for them, exactly. but I gave them access to me. I even came in on Saturdays, mm. which I wasn't even, that's not my working time. 
If they would meet me on Saturdays, I would go in there and I would show them. And um, I tell you, some of the best times was when graduation came and I saw them go across the stage exactly. with their degree, you know. And, you know, you're a man, you know, men don't cry. But I tell you, it's, it's a good feeling when you see um, this person go across the stage. You know how they struggled, but they stuck with it and they made it, mm-hmm. you know. So um, uh, uh, early on, it was kind of questionable that they were going to make it. Oh, well, they were like, you know, this is too hard or whatever. And, and to tell you something else, too. I remember when I was teaching, you know, in the room, and, you know, have you have a window where it's, you know, people up from the hallway can see you, mm-hmm. you know, teaching or whatever. There was a lot of people that stopped by my window because I'm the only African-American professor teaching mechanical design. And I had a couple students tell me, you know, when I first came here, I I wanted to go into mechanical design or mechanical engineering, but I didn't see us here. Mm. And they said, when I saw you, Professor Gooch, I knew then that I could make it. Wow. Because they said, and I didn't volunteer no answers. You know, I didn't ask them up front, you know, how do you feel? They came to me and told me this. Wow. You know, it's because that I've seen an African-American professor who was an engineer who is now teaching uh, engineering mechanical design. I know there's hope for me. They saw someone yes. they could relate to. Mm-hmm. I think that that's awesome um, because a few people that I went to high school with, you taught. Um, and I think that, that it's awesome for them to now be in a field <clears throat> that they love, that they enjoy, um, that they see it being beneficial to their growth mm-hmm. um, and how they're going to provide for their families. Um, now, You've done some phenomenal work, you know. I always tell people that. Yeah, you know, I brag on you sometimes. Mm -hmm. Can you share with our listeners some of the work that you've done being an engineer? Um, Some of the stuff that I've done being an engineer? Mm -hmm. Well, when I first, uh, uh, I worked for this um, uh, pump company. They did commercial pumps. Um, they did, we pumped everything except water because, you know, the pumps were made out of iron and, you know, that type of deal. But we did things like asphalt, syrups, and stuff like that. Okay. And so by, you know, I went to school for, uh, drafting and design. And, um, once I got into drafting and design and I got into this company, I realized there was a whole new world when it came to what pumps do and what where they are in society. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at like gasoline pumps, uh, just there's um, if you go to certain gas pumps, they say don't top off your car because they have what's called a vapor recovery. Mm-hmm. And what this does is when you're pumping your gas, the vapor that comes off of, off of the gas mm-hmm. that gets sucked back through the nozzle, and once it goes back into the tank, it turns into liquid. So they're not losing the gas to atmosphere. Say that again. It's called a vapor recovery pump, or we call them vapor pumps. Okay. So when the, you're pumping gas into your car, okay. so gas gives off these fumes. Yeah. Well, what that pump does is sucks those fumes back through the nozzle. As the get liquid gas is coming in, they'll suck the fumes back in. That, that vapor goes back into the tank, and it goes back into being a liquid. 
Okay. So they're, they're so we're not so that we're not smelling the fumes. Right. But we're getting more gas. That, exactly. The the person who's selling the gas, they're they're you know they get chance to be more profitable. Okay. That's called vapor recovery. Okay. Okay. Um, as you know, when I had surgery, mm-hmm. and I was wearing or I'm wearing uh, what they call a wound back. Back. That's a that's a form of pump. Okay. And what that does is as your feet or your wound is draining, it pumps that out. And it's bringing your flesh up to where it needs to heal. Mm-hmm. That's another form of pumps. Uh, when you look at, um, you know, pumps when it comes to, like, um, you know, ice cream, your water, mm-hmm. that type of deal. It, pump technology is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just more than just oil and whatever. There are pumps everywhere. There are heart pumps, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when you learn, you know, things like uh, just a, a few things as to how pumps relate to the medical field, you have pumps and you have pipes. Mm-hmm. You have pressure. Yeah. You have when uh, if you want more pressure in a pipe, you just uh, make the pipe smaller as the water is going through, and it comes out at a higher pressure. It mm-hmm. goes. Well, if you look at a pump, you can relate a pump to the to your heart. Yeah. Your heart is a pump. Your veins are like the piping. Yeah. And when your veins are restricted, you have more pressure in there, and guess what? More pressure means is a, high blood pressure. Exactly. So. It's hard for the blood to flow through. Right, so it's relatable. That's what I'm saying. So I think yeah. when African Americans understand how how everyday things that they have has been designed by somebody, okay. And one of the things that engineers are, are, are is that they're problem solvers. Okay, they love to solve problems. When I look at kids and and whatnot, I see they like to solve problems too. Because remember, we were driving hoopties back in the day. We made them puppies work, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, how many times have you seen where we had, you know, three tires looked looked okay, and then that one skinny one, we made it last until we could get, you know, yes, uh, kind of remind me of Sesame Street. One of these things is not like the others. <laughs> But, hey, we learned to patch tires when we were kids. Mm-hmm. We had a hole in the tire, an inner tube. We got a patch. We knew how to put it together. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, when you start buying cars, we started learning how to change oil and things like that. A problem solving. Um, you know, if your chair breaks or you can't afford to fix your bed or whatever, what would you do? You took a block of wood, you propped it up under That's That's engineering. It may be basic. But it solved the problem, right? Now you know in 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 our world we call that rigging. Hey, you know that's and engineers do it all the time. We just got better tools and better stuff. That's all. Now, well, we'll we'll come back to that in a minute. We're gonna break right now for a quick commercial, and um, so get you something to drink, get your tea, get your coffee, get your water, whatever it is that 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 you choose to drink. And we're going to take a quick commercial break and come back and continue to discuss um, with Wilfred Gooch, Blacks and Engineering. Stay tuned for more Real to Real Blocks.
name is Haleya Miranda. I'm the CEO of Yummy Life Wellness. I'm a certified holistic health coach and life coach, and I specialize in helping you to transform your relationship with food and create a healthy eating plan that works for you and that you'll actually stick to so that you can lose weight and have that healthy body and mind that you've been dreaming of. When we work together, we address challenges such as emotional eating, relentless cravings, and we also come up with creative and effective ways to manage stress and our busy lives. You can find me online at www.yummylifewellness.com, at Twitter and Instagram at Holly Amarande, and on Facebook at Yummy Life Wellness. Welcome, welcome back to Real to Real Blog Talk Radio Show. We are here live with Mr. Wilford W. Gooch, who is discussing with us tonight about black in engineering, a topic that um, needs to be talked about um, because so many are kind of just shying away from topics in in education that they find it difficult. Now, before we went on the commercial break, he was discussing with us about how everyday life and items are relatable in today's world when it comes to engineering, how we really don't pay attention um, to everyday items and how we engineer things without knowing that we're engineering things. Let me say this. He has gotten me hooked on watching a show, and I'll say this for anyone listening in. Watch it. Just watch how it's made. When you watch how it's made, you will be surprised at how everyday things are engineered. And it is needed. Um, he made reference to a book, which is, is not in, in his office, it's, it's in my office. It's called The Mommy Inventor's Handbook, and it's true. Um, mothers, women, we think so different than men do. We operate different than men do, and it's not a bad thing. But if you want to start I would suggest... Just go to the bookstore and start browsing around um, things dealing with with manufacturing, um, industry. Um, You say, Mr. Gooch, architect? Oh, yeah. Architect is an engineer. They have civil engineers. You have architects who design buildings and and homes and things like that. They're engineers. Um, Hey, um, I don't think you want... things together. They're putting homes together. I don't think you want to live in a house that has not been done by an, <laughs> by an architect. I think you, you, you know, you're really doing a, a, a disservice to yourself. Yeah. Um, I tell you, you know, if you want to, you know, if you go into the bookstores, you can get into some books that got some real heavy stuff, and it's like, ah, uh, this is a little too much. I'm going to tell you the easiest way to look into manufacturing for your kids or whatever Go down to uh, a local bookstore, whether it be a Schuler's or Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Nobles. Go to the kids section. I'm talking adults too. Go to the kids section and look for books, uh, things like 
how we get things. Uh, you know, the kids' guide to uh, how everything is made, whether it be in cartoon form or whatever. And that's what will pique your interest, and you'll start looking at things. Like I have a book. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it looks like. It's all in cartoons, but it's like um, how we get things or how things are, are made. And they talk about, uh, like, air conditioning, air conditioners. They have cartoon illustrations of how air conditioners work, how elevators work, how um, uh, escalators, drills, and all this other stuff, and how that stuff works. Mm-hmm. And uh, hold on. And so, um, I'm sorry. I, I um, seem to have um, uh, lost my thought a little bit here. Um, anyways, they they give you books uh, to show you in an illustrated form how we get things and how things are made. My wife just told me that I uh, did a professional, you know, a non-professional deal. And on this show, now y'all, yeah, I know y'all heard my husband say, hold on. Now, I forgot we're on the radio. This is my business, right? You know, this is real to real. Let me go ahead and just keep it real. Y'all know I am a CEO mama. And I know y'all hear the baby in the back. She's with her older brother. This is the life that I live, y'all. <laughs> Try to do the show, and he says during the show, "Hold on, okay, I just had to get that out." Wow, just just expose me on, uh, you know, blog talk radio, Tammy. Go ahead and finish your thought. Oh, and so, anyways, I'm just saying, if you if you want to get a a simple way of getting into the manufacturing engineering, go to the kids section. Mm-hmm. Look at those books on in, on uh, manufacturing engineering. A lot of things that you see. Um, Things like Bob the Builder, Tech the Tractor, and all that stuff. That That's what I think a lot of we as African Americans, I don't know because I'm not an expert. I'm just putting out a suggestion. Yeah. I think we should have our kids, if we know that they have a knack for that, get them reading those type of books. Uh, another good thing, take them to a factory or whatever, and uh, I tell you, a, a fun factory that you will enjoy and your kids will enjoy. Take them down to Krispy Kreme and see how things are being made. Look at the machines in there. And how they operate. Somebody had to design those exactly. things. And plus you can get a you know tasty treat on the way out, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know. But I mean, just stuff like that. Yeah. Which what you said makes sense. Um because it starts at home. Yes. Most parents will sit their kids in front of a television mm-hmm. and let them watch, you know, take the tractor or Thomas the tank engine and think it's just a cartoon. What I'm hearing is that the mindset needs to be different for the adult. Yes. The adult needs to not say, well, let me go ahead and stick my child in front of this and let them watch it or let them play with it and not interact with them or think on a deeper level to let them know what is he building on the cartoon? What are they doing on that cartoon? There's a message behind it. Well, I mean, as you're saying that, um, my son saw me. Uh, I used to do my disc brakes mm-hmm. on my um, when I had the Bonneville. Mm-hmm. And my son, would I, I'd have him sit right next to me, and I'd give him a wrench or whatever, and I'd explain to him what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm, as I'm changing my calipers and my, my brake pads and everything like that, I'm having him do it. Mm-hmm. So now we were talking the other day, and um, he's doing some detailing or whatever in his car. And he was saying, uh, you know, how he 
he learned how to change his headlights. Remember he was mm-hmm. talking about that? Mm-hmm. He has friends that had no clue as to what was going on, but because he saw his dad doing stuff like that, that gave him, you know, the ability to go in there and try and get yeah. some stuff done and try to eliminate some cost. Yeah. But, you know, that's you're introducing your kids because they're seeing you do things. Which I think is so important. Now, you had mentioned you traveled to China to study manufacturing. Yes. Can you share with the audience how you felt it was so different in how they operate in China versus how Americans do things? When I was over there, um, one of the things I wanted to do in, uh, as I was doing my MBA studies is I wanted to find out why everybody was going over to China. Uh, we had cheap labor. Uh, so I wanted to go over there and see the cheap labor, uh-huh. okay, and what was going on. So when I went to the different factories, there were three cities that I got a chance to visit. Uh, Xiamen, uh, Shanghai, and uh, Beijing. And as I'm going in there and I'm interviewing with the executives and I'm going out on the factory floor, I see that they were very heavy in people. Mm-hmm. They had uh, people doing the, most of the work, and they had about uh, maybe two or three machines. Okay. And what I saw that, um, why, why I think what makes America good at manufacturing, even though a lot of stuff was going over there, is that they would have these people, and they would come in, and they would learn, and they would work for about a year. Uh-huh. Just enough money to go back out into the countryside and live the way they wanted to. And so what they were doing was they were having these extreme turnovers. You train somebody, and they get enough money, they would either go to another uh, factory or go live in the, back to the country. Uh-huh. And uh, I saw a lot of things when it comes to safety issues where we have ocean stuff like that. I saw a lot of violations there, but it was violations to us, not to them. Okay. And so what I what I learned was if, you know, um, you have an idea about something or you want to make something, a lot of the companies that we have in here in the United States and some of the, the mom and pop shops started in the garage, a guy that had a lathe. Exactly. And all of a sudden now he's running this multi-million dollar corporation. Exactly. I had a chance uh, when I was uh, looking for a job, I was talking to one of the owners of uh, a company uh, here in Grand Rapids. And he said he knew, and this is why I say it's so important to watch a child and develop what's going on. He said he knew when he was a boy he wanted to be in manufacturing. Mm. And so uh, as he was uh, coming up, he said he bought a, a lathe. Okay. And was in his father's garage, and he started turning parts. Yeah. And as he started turning parts, he started, you know, getting jobs. Hey, I can do this for you because I got this lathe. And that's how he got to to build. And right now, he's got a huge operation out here on the East Belt Line. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all started because as a kid, he knew what he wanted to do. He got into the engineering, and all he did was was uh, troubleshoot. Mm-hmm. He learned to make something that somebody else could use. Hmm. And it was just, I don't care if it was a little widget device or whatever, he did it, and now he's got one of the hugest, um, um, you know, uh, manufacturing companies right here in West Michigan. He basically saw a problem that was going on in the world or where he lived in Michigan Mm -hmm. and decided to create the solution. Create the solution, and that's what he did. That's simple thinking. Mm -hmm. That's something we don't do today. Simple thinking to create the solution, create the system, mm-hmm. create the pump, create the product, create the service right. for that industrial company, that manufacturing company. And, you know, people think, you know, well, that's overwhelming, and, and it could be overwhelming because one of the things I think one of the misconceptions that 
uh, we as African Americans think is that we got to reinvent the wheel. And we don't. All you got to do is work for somebody. Learn the manufacturing process. Learn what's going on. And then if that's something you want to do, go out and get a a machine. You know, right now um, they have what they call these little maker box machines. Mm Mm-hmm. Where as uh, I grew up uh, as a draftsman, as an engineer and whatnot, mm-hmm. and I made my own drawings. Mm-hmm. Well, now you can do things in 3D modeling, yeah. and you can hook this MakerBot up to your computer, and this thing will do a 3D print image of what you created. Oh, wow. And what we to do or what we do in manufacturing engineering is that say there's a piece missing off of a, uh, a machine or whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll design it up and have this thing do a 3D print. Mm-hmm. And then take this piece and put it in the place where we think that we've designed it. And it's just, okay, we see the design is working pretty good. We go back and tweak it. When we feel that it's good enough, then we have the thing made out of metal and we solve another problem. Mm. But you can do that now. I mean, that's something that was unheard of when I was coming up. Wow. So you can do, instead of now paper printing, you can do 3D printing. 3D printing. Yep. And I think that's that's really, really awesome. Now, there are many people that's tuned in right now. Um, did you ever imagine that you would be doing what you're doing today? No, because I'm going to tell you, uh, I went to uh, – can I mention the, the school or should I not mention the school? I won't do it. Don't mention Okay, because, uh, you know. Don't go there. I remember going to uh, – you know, they had these – what is the SAT or ACT, whatever test. And when I got done scoring, they told me that I would be better off in arts and music. And, and now I'm gonna tell you, I'm a musician. Okay, so I took some offense to that. But if I listened to that counselor, I wouldn't have been where I am today. Exactly. The thing is, I always had a knack for design and engineering. I wanted to know where things came from, how things were made. Mm-hmm. And. My curiosity, once I got into drafting, mm-hmm. I saw a whole new world open up, and I started doing things. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, uh, coming up in Grand Rapids, when I was into um, went to tech school and I wanted to get a job, I just knew I would get a job. Mm-hmm. I would go out to different companies, and I would say, uh, you know, I would you know, dress up. I had my resume. I had my talking down and everything. And what was uh, disheartening a little bit is that everywhere I went, the people were very nice. They were, you know, young man, we see that you, you know, we're looking at your work and your, your grades and whatnot, but right now we need somebody with more experience. Yeah. And that could be discouraging, you know. And this is where I'm going to throw Jesus into this mm-hmm. and God in there. Go ahead. As I began to pray, and I said, Lord, this is what I want to do, but yeah. every door that I'm, I'm going through is not letting me, you know, I'm not getting the work. And I remember where in the Bible it says God will have you do things you've never done and take you places you've never gone. And I remember going into a place where they told me, yeah, you can put your resume in here, but you'll never get in because they have good benefits and it's a hard nut to crack. Wow. It's that very company that hired me, and I worked there for 24 years. (laughs) Okay? And, um, again, as a young man going into these places, I didn't see us. Yeah. When I walked in, people turned around and, and, you know, and I'm watching these guys. It didn't intimidate me because I saw them with drawings on the walls, these big desks and everything, and these computers and things. And I knew this is what I wanted to do, and I didn't give up. But I prayed. I believed in God. And he allowed me to be an engineer, uh, you know, now engineering manager, uh, doing some of the things, traveling to places, um, you know, that I thought I'd never travel. Mm-hmm. And and. 
again, I try to tell the parents and, and any child that's going into engineering, don't let anyone destroy your dreams. Okay. Don't let anybody tell you what you can't do. Right. Because they told me that they never thought I would be an engineer. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I didn't think I'd be an engineer. Okay. But I tell you, you know, when you when you have faith in God and He prepares you to go to that next step, you'd be surprised where you would go. Now I hope somebody heard that because I feel that that message was for someone listening in, tuning in right now, who feels, you know, how do I reach my child? How do I get my child to um, find math and science and technology fun? We as parents don't realize the impact we have on our children. And now in today's world, our kids are more technologically savvy than we are. They understand science and math. They just understand it maybe a different way. I, I get, you know, we, you know, we used to go to. Uh, How are you interrupting? I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm inspired. You know what I mean? I, just, I, 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 I know you inspired. A tear. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, no. Finish your statement. You know, when we used to go into the schools and we talked to the kids. Yeah. Okay. You know, junior achievement would always ask the two of us to go in and talk. Uh-huh. And I would I would tell the kids about designing things. Uh-huh. And I would take out my cell phone and I would say, if you could make the cell phone better, what would you do? And wow, about 100% of those kids would raise their hands because they had ideas as to how to improve. Yes. So what I did was take engineering and made it. Uh, relevant to what they understood. But you made it fun. I made it fun. I said, you know, I used to tell them, the chairs that you're sitting in, If in order for you to learn better, what would you do? And they, these kids would come up with some. The one guy wanted a recliner with a cooler in it and speakers. I said, now, you're not going to do any learning, but I appreciate, you know, the energy. And so that's how you get them into yeah. doing that type of stuff. You show them that that feels like this don't have to be uh, for the stick in the mud, no, right. which they would look at it as a stick in the mud kind of person, exactly. you know, a person that's no fun, that, you know, this is kind of the work that, you know, it, it's not enjoyable. Right. Now, I, I love, you know, everything that you said. And, 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 again, for all of you who are listening, and if you missed some of the show, just remember you can always listen to my podcast, on iTunes, on Stitcher, or on demand, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So if you hopped on late, it's okay. You can always listen to the replay 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, as we come to a close, can you share with um, the audience any new projects that you're working on? I know in your bio we stated that you you have your own business outside of working as um as an engineering manager, are there, you know, any um, events that you have coming up, any small workshops that you have coming up, or what projects are you working on right now? Well, I mean, there's there's uh, times where I'm always trying to invent small things, just getting the time to do them now that, you know, that when you, you know, you got a full time and you're trying to do things on, on the side. But uh, when I was doing contracting work, uh-huh. And um, you know, I was designing things, and, and companies would, you know, they saw my experience. And before I I got the job that I have now, I had two companies trying to go trying to vie for me. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And one of the things that I I enjoy um, is that I love to teach drafting and design. Okay. And the thing is just getting the time, but I would love to do that. Um, there was an opportunity that I had to um, go into. Uh, 
this technical center and teach drafting and design to those people that try to get back into the working world and that type of deal. Okay. Uh, never got off the ground, but, um, you know, just, just doing design work. I did individual design work for people that had ideas. Um, I did design work for them. Now, one of the things I want to tell people that, you know, when they come and they say, hey, I got this idea, not only did they have the idea, they wanted me to design it, to manufacture it, to pay for it and everything else like that. I was like, look, okay, I can put your idea on paper, but you're going to have to shop it to a manufacturer exactly. and do what you need to do. Okay, I can't run this whole thing, you know, um, by myself. If that's the case, why don't you just give me the design? I'll make the money and just give you thanks, and that's, that's it, you know. <laughs> Um, you know, you, you guys got to put some work into it. I'm just saying, you know. Exactly. I'm trying. You know, we always want the hookup, but uh, you know, we <laughs> come on now. I got to eat too. Yeah. You know, we that that would be going into a whole nother. Yeah, thing. I know. I, I can. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Our people, people, our people, please listen. Don't expect someone who has spent their hard-earned money, being trained and educated, to give away their knowledge. For free. Please stop. Okay. Now, as we're closing the show, you know, I always love to ask my guest, um, and since I know you because I'm married to you, you know. Did you just tell him I was sleeping with the host? Yeah, you all are. Right. All right. I just all right. Okay. Don't, don't. Don't go there. All right, I won't. And, and I know you're a man of, 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 you know, you're a man of faith. You're a man of, uh, you know, such uh, beautiful words. You love to tell jokes. Oh. I love to ask my audience to always leave our listeners with some type of takeaway, some something that will inspire them. What is one thing that you could leave with our listeners today that would inspire them, that would empower them to do something, to get out, go to the library, to do something with their lives today? Well, like I said, it goes back to um, uh, my faith and what I believe. <clears throat> I, I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of the grace of Jesus Christ. And one of the things that I think that, you know, when people, when I grew up, look at God, they thought God was this big bully, wait for you to mess up. So he can strike you down. But God is a person in the Bible. He says he is a person that takes your visions and dreams, and he will take them. If you just give it to him and step out on faith, he will take you, like, again, to places you've never been, things you've never done. So my deal is to leave the people with something. What is it that you have in your mind, whether, you know, or for, for your kids or for you or whatever? Talk to God about it. Yeah. I don't care how big it is or how stupid you think. You know, God won't do it. Just do it. Yeah. Give it to him. Talk to him. And above everything else, just believe what he says. Yeah. If he says that if if he is the rewarder of those that, that, that seek him, and don't think that that's just a spiritual thing. This is, we're talking, he's giving you the power to reign in this life as well as heaven. That's right. Okay, um. One of the things that people think is that, you know, um, the Bible says that God has riches stored up in heaven for us, right? But then think about it. Why do we need riches in heaven? Exactly. They're walking on streets of gold, right? That's right. The riches are for you to reign in this world. He stores them up so that you can use them while you're living in this world. When praises so, go up, blessings, the blessings come down. So his riches and his treasures are 
got to have this dream to do something, to make something or whatever. And God says, give it to me. Step yeah. out on faith and watch what I do. Rest in me and watch me work in you. Exactly. And that's what we should do. That that's you know that that's number one. Um, trust in Jesus. Trust in what He says. And I think that that is beautiful. And I hope you all heard that. I hope you um, took something from that. Like He said, don't look at it as a religious thing. It's it's in God's word. Commit your dreams to Him. His word says, I will give you the desires of your heart. We have totally, totally enjoyed you. Can you share with the listeners um, how they can get in, in contact with you if some of them are looking to have something designed or... Um, now, you know I ain't cheap. <laughs> you, you I, mean, I, I just let you know. No, I, I'm not... I'm not. Uh, I won't. I won't gouge you nothing like that. Oh no, we know that. But you are a businessman and you are a mechanical engineer. So yeah, your prices are not cheap, but you're reasonable. Yeah, I'm reasonable. So can you, in brief, because we know you can sometimes be a little long winded. Well, I, I think the best way to contact me is through your show. I seriously. Okay. Because you know, you know how I'm. I'm constantly. I'm working. I'm trying to come home and do. But I think. Uh, I gotta do the work, Steve. As, well, as a connection, I mean, I think. Well, <laughs> man, I tell you. Um, I think that's a, that's a, a good way to connect with me. So you all heard that. Now let, as always, let me let you all know. If you'd like to hear, um, I I, I would love to hear from from my audience, um about the topic of the show tonight, um, how you like that. Uh, let me know what topics you would like to have on the show. Who would you like to see me or hear me interview if you would like to hear Mr. Gooch come back on or any other person that we've had on. Um, i just like to hear back from my audience. Don't feel ashamed. Um, don't feel like uh, you might hurt my feelings with w what you might say. I want to hear constructive criticism. I want to hear your ideas, your thoughts, your likes, your dislikes. So leave me a message. Please leave me a message on my message line at 616-215-0955. Again, that is 616 Two one five zero nine five five because here at Real to Real Blog Talk Radio we talk about everyday real life issues that affect real people. Um, uh, Wilfred, did you have something else that you want? Yeah, can I tell one engineer joke? You know I gotta do. You know I gotta do my engineer joke. Okay. okay. Let y'all know I deal with this every day as a work home CEO mama. I I I I, I wear many hats. Oh, Jesus. Heavy as the head, Teddy. I'm going to go ahead and let him tell his engineering joke. Go ahead. All right, here's, here's a joke. Here's a, here's a, um, you had uh, three sons, um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, they lost a loved one. They lost their father. And so at the funeral, their family tradition was that you would have to put $50 in the coffin of the deceased family member. So the first son got up, you know, wished said, hey, goodbye, Dad, or whatever, went in his pocket, pulled out a $50 bill, put it in the coffin. Second son got up, wished his father farewell, pulled out a $50, and put it in the coffin as well. 
The third son, who was an engineer, got up, looked at his dad, said, Dad, I'm going to miss you, went into his vest, pulled out a checkbook, wrote a check for $150, took the $250 bills and put it in his pocket, put the check in the coffin. The, the lesson is engineers work smarter, not harder. <laughs> and on that note, real-to-real audience, I will bid you adieu. Thank you for joining in tonight. Please make sure you join us next Tuesday as I will be interviewing on what is what? December the 1st, the new mayor of Muskegon Heights, Miss Kim Sims. So please stay tuned, all right? And I wish you all a very, very happy Thanksgiving. Don't eat too much. Don't eat too much. All right? Again, you all have an awesome, awesome night. And as always, keep it real.